Hey y'all, hey y'all, hey, it's me, your girl, Melinda Rackley, the inspiration engineer. And I have a special episode for you today. As you all may or may not know, we have been trucking along in our sacred sisterhood group. We are doing a series titled Boundaries in Dating. It happens every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. EST. And we are in week six. And so this week or this past weekend, we would have been talking about uh, when opposites attract and adapt now, pay later. Um, but we didn't have our session. So I got together with the co-host for the Boundaries in Dating Group, Miss Shea TL Zavon, and we talked about it. So I wanna share what we talked about together here with you all on the podcast so you get an exclusive okay so you know the deal grab your paper grab your pencil and meet me right back here in 20 seconds All right, y'all. So we back. And like I said, we have a whole series talking about boundaries. <laughs> so I want to clarify that we are not a bunch of women sitting around talking about dating. Okay. That's not what we're doing here. We are using the book Boundaries in Dating by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend as a basis to create healthier habits for ourselves before we try to approach a relationship with someone else. So the recording that you are about to hear is between me, Melinda, and the Sacred Sisterhood co-host, Miss Shea TL Zavon. She goes by Shay. And um, we really dive or dove. I think I'm supposed to say dove, not dived. <laughs> We really kind of dug in to chapters 9 and 10. So chapter 9 is uh, titled Beware When Opposites Attract. And chapter 10 is Adapt Now, Pay Later. So you can grab the book for yourself if you like. But you don't have to have it. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation that we had. Take a listen. One of the quotes that I like is completion at our deepest part. We all want and need it. There is within us a God-given desire to find the missing piece that will finish us. This desire drives us towards relationships. Yet this desire can also be confused with the desires of dating and mating, and bad things can happen. This is the problem of the opposites attract mentality. Mm. And that, that quote itself sums up why they said beware. And I was like, oh, okay, y'all. You hear this with the title, you know, that eye-catching title. And then in the first, you know, couple of paragraphs, they told you exactly why you have to beware. I was like, okay. It may, it's making sense now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love, I, I mean, they use it a lot in like network marketing and, and, you know, recruiting for businesses. I've heard it in every professional training. You know, it's that, that, that saying, you don't attract what you like, you attract who you are. Right. <laughs> um, and that's, that's kind of true a little bit when it comes to dating too. So I'm curious to hear everything you got out of this chapter. Yeah. And this, this right here also, it made me think of, like you said, you, you attract who you are, but then you go looking for what you're lacking. 
in other people without even realizing it. It's it's so you know, it's subconscious. It's almost like autopilot. We naturally gravitate to what we lack to fill that void, like you said, the completion. And I love how it says, I think it's on page 134 in the book, where it says, um, indeed, there's a lot of value in people bringing strips to a relationship. Our lives are always enriched by being connected to others who have abilities we don't have. So it's like, it's a good thing, you know, when you connect with someone who has, who can help you in an area that you may not be the strongest but you still have to be careful that, you know, you don't get too wrapped up or too lost in that person and that thing. Um, and that you don't go looking for the opposite of you just because you feel like that's something that you need. And that and that even if you do attract or you get with someone who does have all the things that you don't possess, but that you're still working to, you know, acquire those things within in and of yourself as well so you're not just relying and solely dependent on them to bring that to you because what happens if the relationship ends now you still lack those things so you're just going to repeat the cycle and do it all over again and go looking again for someone else who has the things that you lack because you never took the time to work on yourself to enrich and gain those things within and of yourself so you would have that without being in a relationship you would have a sense of completion and wholeness without being in a relationship or part of a relationship. Yeah, yeah. That brings us to page 135 where they really talk about the problem of opposite attractions. It says, we should use and appreciate the abilities of those who have what we don't. However, the danger occurs when we make the opposing styles or abilities a basis for relationships. Mm, yeah. Yeah, because that in a way is almost like it reminds me of when people nowadays it's, it's a, a funny thing when they call people hobosexuals where you know <laughs> yeah they're not looking for a relationship they're looking for help right. so, so you you when you do that you really steer very close to that type of mentality you're not really looking for true connection or relationship you're looking for help yeah and once you've gotten that help and you're with this person because they were helping you and you guys are out and about and you see what it is you really want, are you gonna stay? Will it be a lasting relationship if you're just there for the help? And now once you're, you know, once you've gotten the help you needed and you feel like, you know, I'm good, I'm stable, I can go at it alone, then what's safe for your relationship? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And it's like, I love how they talk about why opposites attract. You know, like just what you said with the homosexual people, you know, they just looking for help. <laughs> they trying to get a place to stay or they right. trying to get some food or, you know, whatever their crazy reasoning might be. Um, but I love on page, what is it? Um, I don't even know, 137. Um, when it says a lot of times, you know, it says the phrase opposites attract does have some truth to it. Opposites are drawn to each other in many styles and then it lists them. Right. And then it says, what is it about opposites that makes that make some people find them so attractive? Why are we attracted to our opposite? There are several answers to this question. And then it breaks it down. <laughs> and then it breaks it down. It's, I love the first one. We do not want to work on developing ourselves. How true okay. is that? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. That's kind of like... I don't like uh, cleaning. So guess what I do? I'll hire somebody to do that. 
The other one they said is we want to be complete. We are drawn to those who possess what we do not so that we can internalize and own that trait for ourselves. Now that one, I never thought about that in that way. Another one is we are afraid of dealing with our deficits. Um, the other one they put is we are spiritually lazy. lazy. That right there, I was like, oh my gosh. Now I felt, you know, I was quite offended. I was like, what? Are you talking about me? Are you talking about me? Like, uh, the fact that it said the first line in, underneath, you know, are we spiritually lazy? And it says irresponsibility is, is the other side of the coin. And it's almost like the du du the duality of man and the duality of people as a whole. I, like I've experienced people where I, you know, you see them out in public and they seem like so well put together and no one would know that on the flip side, this person is like a goofball, cornball, irresponsible person. Like they forget their keys every five minutes. Mm -hmm. Like they would forget their head if it wasn't connected to their body. And it's like, I've been, I, I, I can say that there have been times where I've been, I've been sort of absent-minded and kind of uh, a little bit ditzy. So I was like, mm, okay, working on me, work on that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That spiritually lazy one stuck with me. <laughs> um, and then another one was we rely on our partner's gifts rather than dealing with yeah. our character deficits. Yeah, right. It's like I'm just gonna lean on him, I'm gonna rely on him. But like the, the story in the book with the guy, uh her boyfriend, you know, he was he was okay in the beginning, you know, filling in for her deficits. He was okay in the beginning taking up the slack, but after a while it became more of a chore and a job, like a must do. Like you have to, it's like, I'm okay helping you, but I don't want you to be codependent and solely dependent on me to do this for you. At some point you have to learn how to do this for yourself. At some point you have to learn how to mature and be a, an adult and learn how to avoid, or how to start, not avoid, that's what she was. She was conflict avoidant. But you have to, at some point, learn how to resolve conflict on your own. Yeah, and I like, that when they they go into you know what happens when oppositeness rules mm, that that right there i think i highlighted that section the most in this mm. book and it was like um <laughs> i felt i felt i so felt like i was kim especially when she when they said she had difficulty opening up to or trusting others mm -hmm. And it says, um, because good things happen when he was around. So she just, just what he brought to her. Yeah. The, the good things that he brought to her, she just wanted him around for that. He was almost like a good luck charm more so than a boyfriend. What happens when luck runs out? What happens when the good luck charm is no longer wanting to just be on your arm to bring you good luck? They want you to acquire some, you know, character in and of yourself, some charisma of your own to go out and meet people and bond with people and interact with people. They can't be your front man all the time because they won't always be there with you. There was a time where I experienced going down into the second section of that, um, the loss of freedom part where it says when I, when um, what happens when opposites rule. I experienced that where it says, you know, to, she scheduled her life around him. When he wasn't around, she couldn't engage with others. She began losing freedom and control in her time and schedule. I experienced where it wasn't by choice. Mm -hmm. the person, I couldn't go anywhere without them. I couldn't attend events without them. So I know that's a little bit different 
than what this was talking about, but it still it, it still aligns with that where you're losing your own time, your own schedule, and then everything you're doing is re is revolving around that person because they have to be there, they have to be a part of it, and if they're not a part of it, you can't go. Yeah, yeah, I can totally relate to that that loss of freedom. And I, when I think about it, it's it's like most of the time when you get with someone. Uh, you know, trying to fill a deficit or because you're opposite in some area or in some way, you are in turn giving up your freedom to develop that part of yourself. You gave Correct. it to that person, you know, and that's a mistake. I feel like I've made a lot in my dating life, um, you know, just for whatever reason, not feeling enough or not feeling this or that. And I gave someone a part of me that was mine to develop, that was right. mine to control. And then I went into that second part, which is resentment. <laughs> you know, I started to resent that person, but I gave them my freedom. Right, right. So you freely gave it, like the part, like he said, it says it now belongs to the other person. Even if it is a good person who loves you, it is not you. God has designed you to make free choices in life, and especially as African-American uh, people and as women on both fronts fought so hard to gain our own independence and autonomy of ourselves, then to get in a relationship and give it up. That's so true. And it's like you don't even realize you gave it up until it's already gone. Right. And you're out of it. And then you realize everything that you gave up. And that brings you to the next point, confusion and responsibilities. Mm. You know, I think I experienced that where after I ended the last serious relationship I was in, you know, I was just, I would blame everything on him. This person made me do this and I didn't have a life and this person made me move and this person did that and this person, but it's like, I didn't take responsibility for my role. I didn't take my ownership of what I did, how I gave this person, you know, um, and then taking full ownership of my life and allowing that person to take full ownership of their life. If we would have done that, neither one of us would have been together because we would have seen that we are just not a good match. <laughs> you know? Right, like... Like the part in where it says, you know, it talks about the book, it says uh, she was passively doing what he wanted. Mm -hmm. He began thinking her role in their relationship was to keep him happy. So she would keep her social, she, so she would keep um, him in her social circles. Yeah. And it's like when you're doing something just to make someone else happy, but it's not making you happy, that can only last for so long. Yeah. That can only last so long, and then you get to the point where you're like, you know, I can't do this anymore. And if only one of you is happy, then no one really tr is truly happy. Um, and and like you said, a real, a real something substantial cannot last. Um, built on that on that rocky foundation, because that's almost like when we're teenagers, and you know, you it almost reminds you of peer pressure. You don't really want to do it, but because they're doing it and everybody else is doing it, well, I might as well. And then you get upset with them because now you're in trouble for it and now you're in punishment for it. Yeah. But yeah. I realized, like, for instance, like you said, you took the, the onus that, you know, stop letting life happen to you. Mm -hmm. You control the decisions and everything that happens in your life stems from you. And it's all based off of the choices that you make. I remember when I realized that during my separation, and I decided to get divorced. And I said, you chose this. 
So you can't be mad with anybody. I mean, you know, he has his hand in, in things, but you can't put it all on him because you chose this. And it took two of you for this thing to break. And it goes to, you know, I think that I love the list because it flows very nicely. I think because it's a chain reaction. After yes. you give up your freedom, then there's resentment. Then there's confusion. responsibility. Right. And then comes the parent-child struggles. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's like you you lose every bit of freedom that you had, even the freedom to say what you want to do with yourself, your body, even the clothes you wear. You know, I think I was in a relationship and the person even bought my clothes, which I didn't mind because I didn't like shopping. But now that I look back at it, I didn't even really like some of those clothes. I was just wearing it because that person liked them, you know, kind of like my daughter. I buy her clothes. She may not like them, but I bought them. So she going to wear them. Right, right. You know, it's just all the little, the little fine details that that person had in mind for you that you may not have wanted for yourself, but because you gave up your freedom, they can control it. Right. Then it goes to dependency and growth. And I love this quote, um, and even the scripture that they use, it says, dependency on love and support of others is a good thing, but dependency has an ultimate purpose, growth. We are to take in the love, comfort, and instruction of others in order to grow spiritually and emotionally. And I think in unhealthy relationships, sometimes it can look like you're growing, but you're not really growing in God or in your life in a healthy way. You're growing into that person. Right. You know? Right. You're, you're changing, but you're not becoming a better you or a better version of you. You're becoming someone else. I took a note and I wrote down and said, this leads to more immaturity due to dependency by allowing your date to take up the slack and not putting forth any effort of your own because you're just allowing them to do it. There's no way for you to grow. You're not growing. You're not stretching yourself. You're not pushing yourself past limits because you're just letting them do it. So you in essence are remaining the same. And the only way you're changing is becoming more like them. But then when they're gone and they're not an influence anymore, you look around and nothing about you has changed. Yeah. Except for you may actually be a bit more confused and, and know less about yourself than you used to. Right. <laughs> you're even more hidden. Right. It's like, I got to relearn myself all over again. Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think, I love the way it sums it up on 145, on page 145. It says, opposites often depend on each other. That's not a problem. As long as the dependency spurs each member onto maturity and completeness. Those two things, maturity and completeness. And I think a lot of relationships that I have found myself in, they did not encourage maturity or completeness. They just encouraged me to give in to my, my flesh and, and my emotions. Basically. <laughs> right. Which was immature and it didn't lead me to being a complete whole woman. And one of the quotes that I really like from that section is attraction based on values is much more mature than attraction based on what you don't have inside. Mm, yeah. That's and I was like, and then, then there's another part, another, another, another small quote further down. And it says, um, fall for someone who calls you into love, growth, and God. Yeah. And I realized too often I was falling for people who, I, I like you said, it was very immature, almost like a teen. I just like the way they looked. Oh, he's so cute. Oh my gosh, I'm dreamy eyed. But 
nothing about who he was as a person was going to foster growth in me. Mm-hmm. And you should be with someone, especially as women, I feel you should be with someone who can learn something from you, but who, who could also teach you something. If, cause then you get in, like you said, you get into that parent uh, child dynamic and there's so often, most of the time it's usually the women that are the parent in the, in that dynamic. Um, but like you said, you and I both fell into situations where we were giving up our autonomy. We became the child, but, um, I too often did not base it on any values. I just based it on like a woo feeling of right now, this feels amazing, but what is it really based on? It wasn't based on anything, anything of value, anything that was going to last past three months, which is what a lot of people consider honeymoon phase. It wasn't going to last past that because if you, if you're honest in relationship, even in marriage, in life, a lot of every day is not going to be stars and candy and rainbows. A lot of times it's going to be difficulties that you have to navigate. You need to be with somebody who values the things you value and can help you navigate those things appropriately for you that's suitable for you and them mm-hmm. but like you said if 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 what you're doing does it even honor who you are at your core it's not gonna work yeah yeah that's so true and i find now that i've been going through this book you can immediately see when you meet someone you can see when your values match and that is what makes the attraction real you know all right y'all listen i know that was a lot and i'm gonna stop it right there we're gonna have a part two but i just really want you all to take this in sit with it for a little while and just like they say in the book be in the growth process yourself because growth attracts growth you'll find yourself more drawn to others for healthy reasons and less drawn and attracted to others because of what you don't possess when you really take the time to work on you you know make sure that your dating relationship involves both love and truth and don't be afraid to challenge your partner to grow just as you are growing that's how it works in a healthy relationship okay So listen, if you don't already know, I'm telling you now, join the Boundaries in Dating group. It is hosted by the Sacred Sisterhood, which is me and my beautiful co-host, Ms. Shea T.L. Zavon, and that was who you heard talking. And we meet every Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have about four more sessions left. It's a 10-week group. So don't be afraid to join in. Listen, we are talking about some amazing things to help you create a firm foundation for dating. We are going to have some separate episodes. We're going to bring in some men and then we're going to hash out all the nitty gritty of dating. But right now, it's all about the foundation. So thank you again for tuning in to the Rise and Grow podcast with me, your host, Melinda Rackley, the inspiration engineer. And I will see you right back here next time for part two. We're going to talk through the rest of chapter 10 and then we're going to move to chapter 11 and it is good y'all so be sure to tune in subscribe like so you can get the notifications bye friend